0: You might have heard that the Talica boys were going to play some heavy shit tonight. Welcome to another episode of Metal Tales from the Road. Metal Tales is a way for patrons of the show to come on and be ambassadors for a notable and cool show they went to in the past. We're here today with, is it Martin Firestein or Firestein?
1: Firestein.
0: How often do you have to explain uh, that to people, the pronunciation of your last name? Uh,
1: not very often, although Feierstein, Firestein.
0: Ah, Feierstein, I like that.
1: Feierstein, Firestein. I mean i i have like the most jewish sounding name ever so
0: (laughs) yeah i'm familiar with having to like explain the different name like what do you what do you give them at starbucks do you just give them martin marty
1: um usually marty
0: marty yeah yeah marty mcfly nice and what part of the world are you from martin
1: i am from chicago
0: which would explain why we're listening and talking about a uh a Chicago show from 2000, the M2K little run that they did, which we've covered a little bit. We've covered like that Detroit show before. Uh, I'm excited to hear about your experience. So, born and raised in Chicago?
1: Yep, um, in the suburbs, but it's it's all Chicago. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh what part of town? Well what's what was your neighborhood um, called?
1: It's a suburb called Skokie. It's just north of uh Chicago, like you know, twenty minutes from the city approximately.
0: Yeah, yeah. And are Chicagoans uh are they tribal and uptight about certain quadrants of the city? Like if you're from a certain burbed out area, they don't want you calling yourself Chicagoan?
1: Yeah. Uh, I haven't really experienced that, although there is a lot of north side, south side rivalry, especially with the baseball teams.
0: Right. So where do you stand on that? Cubs or White Sox?
1: Honestly, I'm not really a baseball fan. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with (laughs) you. It can be really
0: boring to watch baseball.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Cubs are the the underdog story, and especially when they won the uh, World Series for the first time in 2016. Yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of sympathize with them. The Sox have always been mm, consistently better, at least in terms of like how they perform during the year for baseball. But, you know, they, they, they've won championships. So when the Cubs won it, it was actually like, even for me, not being a baseball fan, it was like, Oh, cool. Wow. You know, they actually won something.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way in, in Nashville, you know, when the when our hockey team is doing well, it's like, well, I guess I like hockey for a minute because it's fun when your city's doing something cool.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely you know? is like uh, like when the Bulls were, uh, you know, had that dynasty going. We, we were Absolutely. we were all over that.
0: Did you go to any Bulls games and see Jordan
1: play? Uh, no, I didn't. Although it was really cool seeing Dennis Rodman in, in uh, WCW.
0: <laughs> yeah, he I, was, I
1: was at some of those shows.
0: and wow, oh yeah. my
1: God, it was it was at the United Center here, and it was yep. amazing.
0: He was doing some wild shit where I think he was like playing playoff games and you know on the road and flying home just to be in that stuff. Yeah, he was kind of burning it at both ends, which is what you expect from from uh, the Worm, Dennis yeah, Rodman, the great much. Dennis Rodman. And of course, we're not here to talk about the '90s Bulls dynasty, although believe me, I would love to. Uh, we're here to talk about Metallica. So, what? Where do you? You're a Chicago kid. What's the Metallica situation like for you? What age? What album? How did How did they break their way into your life?
1: Oh boy, this is going to be interesting. I'm. I would bet that my story of of becoming a Metallica fan is radically different from everyone else because everyone else was like, "Oh, you know, kill them all," or "Ride the Lightning," or "Master of Puppets." my very first metallica song i w- i listened to it on the re- on the way to college one day back in 95 96 until it sleeps love it so that was the first song i ever heard from them and it was like wow this is so intense the uh, i and i didn't even know what the song was about at the time but it it just felt so powerful and so intense and from there i went to a local Uh, I think it was a Blockbuster Music or something where they would unwrap the CD and let you listen to it and decide if you wanted to buy it or not. And I bought the Load album. The Load album was my very first Metallica album.
0: So you had somehow managed to get as far as you did post the Black album without hearing Inner Sandman or Nothing Else Matters, without seeing the videos, any of that stuff? Yeah. Wow. You're like (laughs) like a... It's like when you discover an indigenous tribe that's never been unsullied by other human contact. It's like, wow, it's like a real, you can really learn a lot. So, Load was your first deal in the hit single Until It Sleeps. Well, that's fast. Okay, so, all right. Okay, that that sends me on a whole bunch of like little offshoot. So, number one, what did you think about the album? Were you like, okay, Until It Sleeps was pretty representational of this album. I like the album. Or was Until It Sleeps the only song you liked? And then I want to hear about how you worked your way through the other records.
1: I'm the type of Metallica fan. There really aren't many Metallica fa- songs I don't like. Mm-hmm. I re- I really liked the album. I, I thought Ain't My Bitch was just really it it wasn't super fast, but it had this nice chug to it. Absolutely. This, this nice rhythm. Um I, you know, um House That Jack built and two by four were you know, very not, you know, I would later learn not typical Metallica song, you know, very right. different from what they're known for. But I like them. I yeah. like Hero of the Day. I still like it. I've, I have friends who like Metallica who are just like, I love Metallica. I can't stand that song. Hmm. I, I, I liked Ronnie. I mean, it's one of the you know a song that i would bet they will never ever play live i liked ronnie it had a nice country western twang to it yeah you know um bleeding me was it in, really intense outlaw torn i liked i i liked the load album i i yeah. really liked it
0: so what's it like for you okay so you're you're and i was pretty similar i came on a black album so i wasn't really an original true either um so what's it like for you hearing Until It Sleeps, you go buy the record, you like it, you just named all the tracks almost on the record. What's it like for you learning that 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 record was a, an outlier at the time? Did you start going back and you're like, oh, did you have some buddies that kind of, did you meet some Metallica buddies that were like, oh, dude, you need to listen to Killem All and Ride the Lightning?
1: I mean, I went back into, I went back in Metallica's catalog and listened to those albums, and I, and I loved them. Yeah. It wasn't until later that I realized that load and reload were so maligned by people in the metallica community and i'm like why i like this stuff like one of my closest friends her brother got off the got off the ride at the load album and it's like why this is good stuff i mean i know it's not super fast it's not thrash But it's still good stuff.
0: What other music were you listening to before you heard it? (laughs) Like, what would you say your favorite band would have been?
1: Uh, I I, I was into oldies. I liked, uh, you know, Summer in the City, American Pie, things like that. So, listening to Metallica, I did a complete one. I, I was kind of in maybe a little bit into rap. So, listening to Metallica completely did a 180 on my musical tastes.
0: How'd you hear "Until It Sleeps"? Was it the radio?
1: Yeah, it was on the radio. It, you know, I just heard it on the radio driving to college one day, and I'm like, "This song is really awesome."
0: Wow! So you you go from Don McLean and American Pie to James singing about his mom having cancer and rubbing shit all over his face in the music video. That's
1: Basically, that's pretty yeah. intense.
0: <laughs> I mean, I had a similar experience. I think this might be a product of when we got into the bands, but um, I I understand that "Until It Sleeps" doesn't sound like "Hit the Lights." I get it. But mm-hmm. I also understand that bands change and grow and evolve. And I, I had the same feeling as you. And people, When people have eras that they just slag on that intensely, I'm like, I don't get it. It's, I, you can like yeah, both. I,
1: I still don't understand it. And I mean, I've come to accept it. Yeah. But I, I still don't understand it.
0: It's psychologically, I think for a lot of people, it, it's, it, the space it occupies, I think, in their world is of a sense of betrayal. Which is, I mean, you know, it's kind of (laughs) silly. Metallica (laughs) betrayed them. You know, they betrayed them by making a by having shorter hair. But I consider me and you free. I consider us. uh, um, You know, uh, you know. Bob Marley said, "Emancipate yourself from mental slavery," and I think that there are some people, unfortunately, in the Metallica world, who need some of that Bob Marley wisdom in their lives. So, you get load. You like load. Is this show in 2000 the first time you would see them
1: live? There were a couple times I could have seen them in like 97, 98 when they came yeah. around here, but I was, you know, in college and, you know, doing all that. So I didn't have a chance to see them until this show in 2000.
0: Did you get Reload? Did you get Garage Inc? Did you get SM? Were you sort of on the ride after Load?
1: Yeah, I, yeah after Load, I was on the ride totally. Awesome. So I was really excited to see them live and I really didn't know what to expect.
0: Hmm, and, that's the best way to do it.
1: Yeah. And seeing them live, it was just like, they they were incredible. They were absolutely incredible to, to the point where I wanted to see them like five more times live.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like getting a tattoo. You kind of get addicted yeah. to it.
1: Yeah. It, it's like. I, I, they are my favorite band, and no other band, and I, there are a lot of bands I like. No other band except for one hits that chord in inside me.
0: Like it's them Metallica and Don McLean. Don yeah, McLean.
1: No, actually, it's uh, <laughs> it's Metallica and Alice in Chains. Oh boy! All right.
0: Well, let's take a little quick little detour through the land of Alice in Chains because I also. I'm a huge fan. Um, let's and talk I, Staley Staley era. Do you have a favorite album from the Staley era?
1: Um, no, I like pretty much everything from them. Um, yeah. My biggest regret is that he's gone, and and that's not to knock on William Duvall. I think he's yeah. a great replacement. Yeah. Um, I, it saddens me that there are people who say he's not, and he's like, you know, it's not Alison Chains, and no, it's. They are still Alice in Chains, and their sure. music is still, still amazing. And for sure, I am so, so eternally thankful that they continued after he died because we've gotten some just incredible stuff from them post Lane. Um, Black is way to blue. Mm-hmm. I love that album to death. Um, yeah. The new one, Ra- the new one, Rainier Fog, which I'm not sure if you've listened to it. It's it's I have. great.
0: I love it. I think Rainier Fog sounds like dirt, you know, dirt era Alice. I love the song Maybe. I love the song Drone. I like Red Giant. I I loved that album. And, you know, I wouldn't have really given it a chance. A friend of mine actually put it in, literally put the album in my hands. So, I, you know, even more so than a friend saying, dude, you really should check it out. He finally just handed it to me. And, man, I just... I I feel the same way you do. I'm so glad that they kept on. I got to see them live with William opening for Velvet Revolver in 08. It was great. It was the closest thing I would ever get to being able to see Lane, you know, to to get to see them in all that power and hear those songs. And Well, that's cool. There's a, I like the Venn diagram of the Alice and Metallica fandom. So those are the two big bands for you.
1: Mm -hmm. Those are, those are the two. And there are other bands I like, but nothing can touch those two.
0: I do have some days when I'm listening to like Jar of Flies, where I'm like, "Is this my favorite band? This might be my favorite <laughs> band."
1: I, you know, I think emotionally, I relate to the to the themes that Alison Change touches on more than Metallica, but hmm. you know, Metallica is just they rock so much that you know. But it's it's like it's like comparing. Apple, it's like comparing pumpkin pie and pumpkin pie with whipped cream. I mean, you like them both. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) I think that also may explain your affinity for the mid-90s load era, being a big Alice in Chains fan, which I am also. I think there was a lot of overlap there stylistically. And even I think the closest Metallica got to tapping into that sort of dark uh, subject matter was very Alice in Chains inspired in that era. Until it mm-hmm. sleeps and the slithers and carpe diem babies and fixers and right. all that stuff.
1: Yeah, and reload isn't as strong as load, but you know some of the songs that you named I think are really great. And you know, and there's unforgiven 2, Devil's Dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, memory remains and fuel. Yeah. So
0: so okay, so you're going to your first Metallica show and Kid Rock and Seven Duster opening. Were you? Where were you out on Kid Rock and Seven Dust? Were you, I was very snobby at that time. I was a senior in high school and uh, actually I was a junior in high school. And uh, I spent most of my time watching them open for Metallica with my middle finger up because I was a little punk. What about you? Were you like, I'll check out Kid Rock and Seven Dust?
1: I think I gave Seven Dust a chance because there were maybe one or two songs from them that I liked. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kid Rock was kind of like, eh, you know. Okay, do it. Get it over with. I want to see Metallica.
0: <laughs> it's like a nice colonoscopy. <laughs> You're like, I've let's had, just get it over with.
1: I've I've had like two or three of those already. So
0: right, not including <laughs> not including the Kid Rock set. Uh,
1: so did you have a buddy to go with? Yeah, I went with uh, two of my two of my closest friends. Uh, one of whom I'm no longer friends with, unfortunately. But Boo, we went Kid Rock to fan. The, <laughs> no, um we went to this show, and we we just loved it um it it was actually funny because my uh my best friend uh who I'm no longer friends with, his mom recorded this show on the radio hmm. they played this show on the radio i think it was i think the local station is was q one o one and the funny thing was. They did not censor when anyone swore during the songs.
0: Interesting.
1: When they were, you know, talking to the crowd between songs, they tried to censor. And number one, they missed a lot of times. So like, they would censor out half of a swear word, but you would still (laughs) know what it was. And the funny thing is, they didn't do the you know the beep. They they played Enter Sandman during the censor. (laughs) (laughs) What?
0: Just like a little a little blip of Sandman?
1: Yeah, it's just a little blip of Sandman. It was it was See weird. Your prayers.
0: <laughs> that is so weird. I'm guessing that it was on I'm guessing they had a two to five second delay, maybe a little more on a broadcast Probably. like that. And I love that they didn't have a bleep button, they had a little chunk of inner sandman. That is yeah, they,
1: really <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> um the the other funny thing from the show, um so one of the DJs from the show was there. Uh, he gave commentary after the show was over, and he was talking with the guy in the studio. And he, he was the, uh, the traffic guy for the station. And the, guy, and the guy at the radio station said to him, so what's the traffic like out there? And he said, well, outside the building, it's a parking lot.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, That's so funny, dude. <laughs> so is Allstate Arena the same as United Arena? Is it just no, a different uh, name? No,
1: United Center was built in 1994. The Allstate Arena um, has been around since the 80s. I used to watch wrestling shows there with Hulk Hogan and everything back in wow. like the 80s. It, it used to be called the Rosemont Horizon.
0: Okay. which
1: I think was a better name but you know Allstate bought the rights so yeah.
0: What's it is it still called Allstate Arena to he, this yeah, day? It's
1: still called Allstate Arena. There, there's wow. there's been like a, a WrestleMania or two there.
0: Um I wonder why they played there instead of the United Center. I wonder if it was just a matter of availability or if one's could bigger have or been. smaller and i noticed too it's a two-night run so they played two nights i'm guessing both sold out i'm
1: I, I didn't go to the second one but i'm assuming that they that they did uh i think the set list was just slightly different between the two shows
0: i'm looking now and it's kind of it's similar to the show i would end up seeing uh the summer following this although you got some cool stuff so they open with die my darling which is pretty unusual you get fuel, bells, Horseman, whiskey, memory, no leaf clover, sad, creeping death. You got bleeding me, huge treat, right? Especially for you, a load guy. Mm-hmm. The master terium. What do you think about that master Terrium mashup? That's an interesting one.
1: I did not know what that was to be to be honest with you, and it was only later that I, listening to the guy doing commentary, that apparently this was something that they did during that tour cycle where they just yeah. mashed. Uh, Master of Puppets and Sanitarium together. It was kind of yeah. cool though. Um, one of the other things I wanted to note about this show, if you listen to some of the songs, especially Creeping Death and Fuel, I think Jason's lyrics, Jason's, uh, not his lyrics, his singing, he drowns mm-hmm. out James's voice, which wow. you, you would not expect because James has a very powerful voice, but Jason Absolutely. was like, Jason was just like on point for this for backup vocals
0: were you a big jason fan as most of us were at that time
1: oh yeah i I, and i'm still sad that he's gone i mean creeping death with his die die motherfucker die was just i cannot tell you how many times i rewound the cassette because this because my my friend's mom recorded this on cassette i cannot tell you how many times i i rewound that cassette to listen to him say die die motherfucker die the extended die at the end of it oh my god it was so epic
0: well it's a good thing that they didn't catch up on the broadcast and put in a little inner sandman clip right there over (laughs) that part that jason does
1: so do you still have that tape uh i don't have the tape anymore i lost it but i found the uh the mp3 version of the show and i downloaded that and MP3 is so much better cuz you can listen to it over and over again and you know it's not going to wear out because you know it's ele- um it's an audio clip.
0: Did you get it from like the live Metallica
1: um, stuff? I might have. I'm not Or was sure. it like
0: a bootleg? Might have been a bootleg.
1: Uh it might have been uh I I don't and remember. <laughs> is, and
0: is the is the as the MP3 um are they from that radio broadcast or are they like from the soundboard or something? Um does it have the the um the censoring stuff in between songs?
1: Yeah, it does.
0: Okay. So it's the radio broadcast. I bet that sounds pretty good though. It it does. It really does. So it looks like the main set ended with black I mean the, the main set just looks so killer. Were it, you it was. Did, did you know what Die My Darling was when they opened with that? That that was like the Misfits cover from Garage Inc.
1: Um, I think I had Garage Inc. at that time and I think I knew it was, you know, a cover of another song. But but they they did a really good job of singing that song. Yeah. Um, e- everything that they did was really on point. There were a couple songs that it, it felt like they slowed down the tempo, like especially Memory Remains and... Um, uh, Maybe Memory, Sad but True. Yeah, Sad But True and, and uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls. They, they really slowed those songs down for some reason.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Or someone slipped some acid into your uh, into your Mountain Dew. That's also a possibility. I don't know.
1: Mm. I I I hate Mountain Dew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I actually asked my wife last night. I don't know why Mountain Dew came up, but I was like, "Have you ever even had Mountain Dew?" And my wife has never even tasted it. So I thought that was I don't pretty think interesting. You're missing much. <laughs> um, and this is back when they were doing three encore. So encore one, nothing else matters. King, nothing, and one they go away. Bye. Encore 2, turn the page, Sandman, they go away again, bye. And then they came out and they're like, fuck it. And they played Phantom Lord, which is definitely a treat.
1: Yes. And their pace for this song was blistering. It was just like, whoosh, just amazing.
0: And how are you feeling for three encores? Like sometimes when a band, I've never felt this way with Metallica, but sometimes with a band, I get a little tired. I'm like, man, this has been really great. I'm ready to like file out, find my car, figure out how to get home. Or were you just like fuck it? I'm on the ride.
1: Oh, I'm on the ride, totally.
0: <laughs> it looks like the two things they changed the next night, which this is this is like some good changes too. Instead of creeping or instead of uh, bleeding me, they did Outlaw Torn in that same slot, and then instead of Phantom Lord for encore three, they did Trapped Under Ice.
1: That that would have been cool to see that song live. But you know, I was happy with Phantom Lord. So absolutely,
0: dude. What about after this gig? I mean, how many have you seen them since then? And
1: I've seen them five more times since then. Uh, um, I saw them for Summer Sanitarium in two thousand three. Okay. I saw them at the Allstate again in two thousand four. Again in two thousand nine for Death Magnetic. Twenty seventeen, I saw them for um at the uh soldier field in chicago man Uh, how was that and that was a good show and it was it was cool that they had the uh you know the pyro you know going back and forth during moth into flame and you know fuel and everything it was it was really cool and then i saw them in 2018 in milwaukee
0: interesting why that show
1: i just wanted to see them and they were relatively close so yeah I said fuck it
0: <laughs> did they come back through chicago for the arena
1: run uh
0: maybe they maybe they skipped out on chicago after they did they the might
1: have they might have i'm not sure
0: what are you speaking of hardwired and the new stuff what did you think about hardwired
1: oh i loved hardwired it was it's a great album I think Moth into Flame is one of the most fun Metallica songs they've ever done. Like, I I think Memory Remains is probably the most fun, but Moth is up there. Um, I loved Hardwired. Um, Dream No More was, you know, just really, really heavy. The slow. Like you, you picture like a badass walking down the street and punching everyone in the face. (laughs) Especially the ending, that ending riff in Halo—it's just Mm -hmm. amazing.
0: Yeah, I I love that. Uh, Well, out of the five shows you saw, which do you think you enjoyed the most? Uh, Or maybe it was six total. Yeah,
1: six. I guess this one because it was my first. And yeah. you know it had Jason doing the die die you know die <laughs> that which i I still think is just insanely awesome.
0: so you saw some of the summer sanitarium with Rob
1: yeah um that one wasn't that great, and not because they didn't perform well, but it was a it was um outdoors, and the sound just didn't carry
0: uh, uh july twenty sixth does that sound right? At the Hawthorne Racetrack?
1: Yeah, that's where it was.
0: So this is, of course, is the second iteration of the Summer Sanitarium. Limp Bizkit, Lincoln Park, Deftones, and Mudvayne. Yeah.
1: Oh, I have I have such a funny story. So there's this local radio DJ named Man Cow. I'm not sure if you've ever heard. <laughs> of I haven't him. heard of Man Cow. No. Uh, so he got into like a feud with Fred Durst over something. So Fred Durst. Spends when when they come on stage for the summer sanitarium show, Fred Durst spends half an hour basically saying "fuck man cow" like having <laughs> it on the screen behind him. Wow! And people are throwing bottles and beer at him, and he's like, "Fuck this, we're out of here." Wow! So they played half an hour and left. Yikes! So so there was maybe two hours, two and a half hours between. What was supposed to be the Limp Biscuit set and the Metallica set?
0: So Limp Biscuit were the headliners before Metallica, right? I'm guessing that went Mudvayne, Deftones, Lincoln Park, Limp Biscuit. Was that the order? And
1: it might have been Deftones first. Okay,
0: Deftones and Mudvayne. Wow. So Limp Biscuit bails because Fred Durst has a has a um, a little hissy fit because he's mad at Man Cow. And, and
1: because people are throwing beer at him, right?
0: Which probably, <laughs> probably in his defense, wasn't super fun. But it's also part of the par for the course. I don't know how what the crossover is with Metallica and and limp Biscuit fans. Those those summer Sanitarium bills were a bit of a curiosity. You know, they were a bit of a curiosity to me.
1: I guess they wanted bands that were fairly well known and popular. I mean, I thought I thought Mudvayne was pretty good, although they were. Really loud, like almost hurt my ears. Loud. Where? Um, how close Deftones, to the stage were you at that game, the uh, racetrack? Kind gate? kind of far away, but I could still hear it, and it was it was really loud. Interesting. Deftones, I've never really been a fan of. Linkin Park, I liked for like a minute or two, and Limp Biscuit, eh. you know they had some good stuff in two thousand, like. Um for for one of the WrestleManias, they did like uh I think it was song was My Way or something like that. That was pretty good.
0: It looks like speaking of Kill 'em all deep cuts, if for that show you got to see No Remorse. So you got you've gotten to see Phantom Lord and No Remorse, two of my favorite deep cuts of their whole catalog. You also got to see Franic and St. Anger, which at the time I guess was pretty common, but these days yeah. that's interesting. All right, what was the next show after the uh, Summer Sanitarium? Um,
1: 2004, I think.
0: The Madly Anger with the World Tour. Yep, so this is August 27th. This right. is with Godsmack. Did you catch Godsmack's set? Yeah, yeah
1: uh, I like Godsmack. I, I had a period where I thought they were kind of a really cheap Alice in Chains ripoff, but they've they've come up with some good songs.
0: Well, a lot of people don't even know that their band title is from an Alice in Chains song called Godsmack. Yeah.
1: Um, You know, I've heard disputes about that. I've heard some people say that's not the case, and it was actually something else.
0: Yeah, right. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to start a new band called Man in the Box. It has nothing to do with Alice in Chains.
1: <laughs> actually, um... If I ever started a band, uh, if it was going to be an Alice in tribute band, I would have called it Machine Gun Man.
0: Mm, From Rooster. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty good. Machine Gun Man. All right. The set list for this one's pretty – they open with Blacken. That's fun. It looks like you got your third Fuel. Uh, Mm -hmm. I
1: I never get tired of Fuel.
0: Me neither. Same. (laughs) They could play Fuel at every show as far as I'm concerned. You did get Some Kind of Monster, which is pretty – definitely unique live. I Disappear, you got, you got Fight Fire with Fire ending the main set, which that's an amazing, I don't even know if I've seen that one yet. And then for the second encore, they came out and played Disposable Heroes. Those are some pretty good little saucy treats.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: It says this is the first time, oh, that was the first time Disposable Heroes was performed since 1994. Oh, That was the first time they'd played that in 10 years.
1: Oh, I got a special treat then.
0: Look at you, (laughs) dude. Let's look at the next one. What was the next one?
1: Uh, two thousand nine ish. I think this was for the uh, Death Magnetic tour.
0: January twenty seventh, two thousand nine, at Allstate once again. Yes,
1: those dudes yes, like to play Allstate.
0: We'll right. see. Op-
1: it's, it's a it's a really good arena.
0: Opening acts were Machine Head and the Sword. Any memories of those bands?
1: I think I was looking at my friends. We're like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> <laughs> pretty, yeah. pretty
0: different sounding
1: yeah i'd say so and it's like what is this we are eh, not interested pass
0: let me look at the <laughs> set list here so definitely heavy on death magnetic um you got broken beaten scarred cyanide all nightmare long you got another fight fire day that never comes another die my darling whiplash seek and destroy that's a fun set list too dude any any things stick out in terms of like you know, when you see a band over the course of 10 years, you know, you're kind of doing time with them. They come out, maybe their hair looks different or they 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 seem a little more tired or rugged or maybe they seem
1: tighter because they've been on the road. There's two things about that come to mind. The first thing is I kind of wish they'd change up the set list a bit. Like, you know, I understand Creeping Death is a standard. Mm-hmm. Fuel and Memory Remains are standard. But it would be nice to hear... I don't know. Uh, fight fire with fire more often, mm-hmm. or maybe it "Ain't My Bitch."
0: Even I, though you got I, to I hear think, it twice, you got to hear "Fight yeah, Fire" twice. I
1: mean, you know, more often. Yeah, <laughs> I'm greedy. What can I say? Yeah, I, I actually I, I agree. The other thing is, I really and, and this is just a Metallica thing in general. I really wish that it because it, it seems to me, and I don't know if you and. Uh, Ethan feel the same way, it feels like they're kind of embarrassed by the load-reload stuff a little bit. Like Mm. They'll they'll still play Fuel and Memory Remains, but it's like "Eh, we kind of regret putting out load and reload and that turn in creative direction. And I wish they would embrace it because... I love that period. It's what got me into Metallica, and they shouldn't feel ashamed of it. These are good songs, even if they aren't you know a million miles an hour like uh, like creeping death or master of puppets.
0: Yeah, someone sent us a video that just surfaced a couple of months ago and it's um it's actually from the the death magnetic era based on based on James's haircut and his facial hair. It's sad that I know all that. But um <laughs> someone asked him the songs he's most proud of and he actually every song he mentions is he mentions Bleeding Me, Fixer, Outlaw Torn, Unforgiven 2, um, I I think he really is proud of the material. I think what I, from what I've been able to glean from talking to some of the Insider Metallica camp people, I think they don't think anyone wants to hear it. I think they are really cognizant of like, what do people know and want to hear? That's why when they do play those songs, they just play the two biggest songs from the records. I think when they want to indulge themselves and play like Wasting My Hate maybe for the All Within My Hands gig, I think they see that as indulgences. I don't think they it'll be interesting when the load and reload kind of 30th anniversaries come around in a couple of years where I think they'll really be able to see how much the fans love that era. But my guess is they don't know how much we love it.
1: It's possible. Cause I, cause I like um, watching Metallica clips on YouTube and there's a clip of, I don't know what concert it was. It was probably from the 2017 era. Um, where they were doing the stadium tours, and they played St. Anger, I think it was in the UK or something, and people were like, yeah, cool, they're playing St. Anger, (laughs) and it's like, you know, at the time, it was like, oh, St. Anger, but now it's like, you know, people are starting to realize, oh, you know, that's, I mean, lyrically, it's not the greatest thing ever, but it's, it's, it has that intensity there, and it's not a terrible song.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And time time has a way of sort of clearing away a lot of the bullshit around a piece of work. So, you know, if I was in a little club show with Metallica, and they were like, hey, you guys mind if we play a St. Anger song? I would actually be pretty stoked to see it.
1: Um, I, I would recommend, and, and I know that they play this song. It's one of the two big ones. Um, so it's from Cologne, Germany. It's Memory Remains. They play the song. They, and the fans are singing the la da 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 stuff at the end. The fans are so into it. they actually add another, um, I don't know what you would call it another verse, like an ending outro thing to the song. Like they stop playing. the fans are singing la da da da. and then they start playing again to the to the la da 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 stuff.
0: oh, fun. They just come back in with like the drum groove and stuff,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's like, You know, at the time, people were like, "Oh, you know, reload, reload, memory remains." But now it's like, "Oh yeah, we we love this song." It's like you don't know how much the fans love it, and even even though the people who don't like it are maybe more vocal, you know.
0: Yeah, the trolls. There's people out there who like it. Yeah, I think a lot of us really do. It's been an interesting part of the journey of the podcast for me because when i when i came in i started coming in hot on ethan about being a load and reload era guy and i i didn't know i mean i didn't know how people would feel about it and uh there's definitely the people out there who just don't get those records but i think for the most part most of our listeners feel similarly to you or me or um had written it off but upon like a reevaluation saw that there was a little more to it which is pretty cool I think that's pretty exciting. Yeah. I hope they I do mean, something ha- cool for guys like you and I, and a lot of our listeners for the Load and Reload uh, 30th anniversary. What would you like to see for that? Would you like to see uh, them maybe play the albums front to back, or like kind of, or that what, would be cool. What would a box set even look like for those
1: albums? You know, you're in the music industry, so you mm-hmm. would know better than me. I, I, I just have aspirations to be a music player, but I don't think I actually could. 'Cause um I don't know what you would call this. I can't move my middle finger separately from my other fingers. Mm. So they're all so like when I move one, the others move two even though I'm not really moving them.
0: So you've never been able to give someone the finger?
1: I kinda can. <laughs> <laughs> although although it's like it, although it's like the the fingers like pointing diagonally and not <laughs> interesting and not you know straight up. So, is it
0: like a muscle? Is it like a
1: muscle thing? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know what you would even call this. <laughs> but yeah, my my two my middle finger and the finger next to it, I I can't move them independently.
0: If they if they were playing a little club show and maybe me and you and a hundred other knuckleheads are in there. And let's say they let's say they can play anything in their catalog. Let's say they know how to do it. So that's off the table. What songs from Load or Reload would you request?
1: Probably "Ain't My Pitch." Yeah, I, I I just think that's a great song. I do too. Um, and it, we don't hear it. I heard it that I think I heard it that one time at that. Um, I or or did I hear it? I th- I thought it was at the. Oh no, I don't think it was at the January two thousand concert. I don't think. No. Now I can't remember.
0: <laughs> yeah, it all starts to bleed together.
1: I yeah, think the most
0: I think the most they were doing that was around ninety six, ninety seven on the poor yeah. touring me. Mm-hmm. Well, they were playing Ain't My Bitch and they were playing Fuel but with different lyrics because I guess they hadn't finished it yet.
1: Yeah, it was uh I think they call it Fuel for Fire. Fuel or for something.
0: Fire, yeah, that's right. That's
1: right. Yeah. And um, you know, I I thought it was okay. I mean, I think the lyrics that they ended up with are better. I agree. But they weren't terrible.
0: How did you hear about the podcast? I don't even remember.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I really don't. Um, but I heard it one day, and I'm like, oh wow, these you know these guys are Metallica fans. They're analyzing the albums they're talking about all the backstage stuff you know just really knowledgeable and you know being musicians like you know you just know all this stuff that i would have never picked up on because i'm not a musician i have two friends who i think listen to the podcast too so hey will hey aurora if you're listening hey, to this hey will and aurora <laughs> shout
0: out from me and martin on the metal tales <laughs> Well, I know you're a fairly new patron. I'm glad that this worked out where we got to say hi and meet. And uh, I like doing these because I like hearing everyone's story, especially when they're similar to mine. Um, But also, it gives me an opportunity to just be able to tell you thank you for the support, you know, as close to in person as possible. And I'm glad you're on the ride with us. We really couldn't do it without folks like you. And and, uh, it really means a lot to us. So thank you for taking the time. Thanks for sharing your story. And I hope that in the future, as things start to reopen and become normal again, that maybe we can see you on the road and have some Mountain Dew together.
1: Uh, that would be great. If you're ever in the Chicago area, look me up, and uh, we'll, we'll trade some Cokes or something.
0: <laughs> awesome. Have you considered supporting us on Patreon? Patreon is an easy and interactive way to support the people who make the things that you love. For as little as 5 bucks a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast can continue to grow in quality and content. That's equivalent to buying each other a cup of coffee or a beer once a month. Not only is it easy and affordable, but we've made it a priority since day one to give back to our Patreon community. We've given away deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, black and whiskey, concert tickets to S M Two and Slain Castle, all four of our Cover Our World Black and EPs, twenty-six quarantine covers, and Lunar Satan demos. Invitations to exclusive Zoom happy hours, the ability to ask our guests like Jay Weinberg of Slipknot, Lizzie Hale, and members of the Metallica crew your very own questions, and eligibility for our Metal Tales series, where you can be a guest on Metal Up Your Podcast. And tell us all about a notable Metallica show you've been to. Subscribe to Patreon today and immediately get access to years worth of bonus content. Thank you for supporting the people who make the things that you love. Peace. Adios. I can't talk about it anymore, it's giving me a headache. Here, take two of these. Ah, new print. Little.
1: Yellow. Different.